our podcast where we talk about Def Leppard till death. Do, do us, us party. party. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Stuart Wellington, and with me as always is my uh, my Def Leppard and music expert, Alex Smith. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing great, man. It's good to be I'm here once more on the Internet's third most popular Def Leppard podcast. Oh, wow. We're up to third now, huh? Well, it depend on depends on who you who you got ranking it. Uh, What's your ranking system? I t- is, yeah. Well, iTunes iTunes ranking we're number three right now on 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 Def okay. Leppard related the, podcasts. My yeah. uh, my dad's Def Leppard podcast. I think we're still we're still like a five or six or something. I don't know. He doesn't have us quite up to uh, to the rest. Sure. Of the, yeah. You're, oh. Wait. Uh, your dad's Def Leppard podcast. He already he has a more successful Def Leppard podcast than us. Well, he does, and he and he ranks it higher in his personal rankings. But he also ranks a lot of other podcasts a little higher than ours, uh, for I mean, for a, a lot of different reasons. I mean, if, like he like he likes Rick Savage's podcast a lot, which is I think a little unfair because you know he, sure. Rick Savage is a yep. member of the band. Um, That's totally. And he unfair. likes that's getting a it a podcast. lot more than he likes getting it a lot more than our podcast. But that's because Jennifer from Getting It, he's got like a real crush on her. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. so I, I think that's kind of unfair as well. Though to his credit, he did well, recommend when we started this one that uh, that we should get uh, a woman co-host instead of one of us. He, yeah. He declined yeah. to say uh, whether it was me or you who should be replaced by a woman, but uh, <laughs> it's probably you. That was that was the unsaid let's, thing. Let's leave my let's leave my dad leave my dad out of this. Uh, for the rest of it. Okay, well, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, Def Leppard's first album, On Through On the through Night. On Through the Night! On Through the Night. We're talking about the first side of this cassette. Uh, and the first thing that pops out when you grab that cassette, you go to your uh, your record store, you pick up the cassette, and you're going to see the album cover. What do you think of that, Alex? Describe it for me. <laughs> Well, this album cover, this is a classic. Um, okay. Uh, this is this is one of the, this is really the opening salvo uh, in 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 Def Leppard uh, Def Leppard history. Uh, is this incredible, sweet album cover? Uh, it's got uh, it's got a truck, a semi tractor trailer truck, that is driving an enormous guitar that's strapped to its big rig on it's, the back. Yeah, it's yeah, it's on the in the flatbed. Yeah, there you go. Covered in uh, some kind of dust cloth to prevent, I don't know, space dust (laughs) from getting all over. Well, you say space dust. That's the kicker on this thing is that the truck is not on a road. It's flying through space. It is 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 some kind of space truck that is driving through the night because you can see a sliver of the moon behind it. And the moon is is illuminated, uh, which is... Which is a little weird because night doesn't really exist in space, but I guess it's from the perspective of Earth. I don't. I don't know. I don't know exactly how it works. What vantage point we're at? I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably a reference to that uh, constellation, the uh, the the Def Leppard truck <laughs> that you can see, but you can only see it at night because it's a constellation, right? Yeah. So well, yeah, yeah. It's rare. Uh, it's it's one of those rare constellations that you can only see. Uh, just in the yeah. in the in the dim dim hours of evening and nighttime. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I think the ancient Greeks were talking about how the uh, Def Leppard's uh, night uh, night semi truck 
uh, how it's delivering Apollo's uh, guitar to him so he can play it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were big. They were big Leopard fans back then. That's uh, that's where the name comes what? from. The name comes from the ancient Greek. That's why it's spelled the way that it is. Uh, and not wait, wait, the Olympian gods or the Greeks were big fans? The... I don't know. Which one were you talking about? <laughs> well, I was I was wondering if you were saying that like Apollo and Zeus and the various Olympians were big fans of this human rock band, which would make sense because sometimes Olympian gods, you know, take the form of mortals. They make love to mortals, etc. Uh, I see. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, I'm just saying that the that the band name is translated or not translated, but literally taken from the actual Greek, uh, which is <laughs> why it's not spelled Greek. Why it's not spelled D E A F? It's why it's spelled D E F. Oh, that! The, oh, wow! We're getting into that uh, that discussion already. And speaking speaking s- of the name of the band, the, uh, the there is the the there's one of the most discussed things about this uh, album cover, uh, despite the it, 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 except for the fact of how cool and awesome it is that this truck is driving a big guitar through space, is the uh, is is the logo that's present on it. The Def Leppard yeah. logo. This is what's known as the Delta Lambda Three. This is uh, this okay. is an early, early uh, number logo. There's a um, a lot has been written on this. Uh, a lot of I, I won't go over it because I think most of our listeners are probably aware of this. But this is the Delta Lambda Three or the D Lamb Three Def Leppard logo is uh, is a silver triangle with the words Def Leppard stacked on top of each other inside of it, mm-hmm. uh, and then two lines underneath leopard uh and it is uh it, it, if i can go over this quickly it is the prism or yeah, the or, or or the keyhole through which this album is i think meant to be interpreted uh okay it's uh it's a it's it it looks like an equilateral triangle mm-hmm. uh but it's but it's not it's uh because of the two extra lines underneath leopard it's actually taller than it is wide, which I think represents hubris. Uh, the D in the Def Leppard is piercing the wall of the uh, equilateral triangle, uh, which is which is causing a break in it. Uh, and yep. this album is this album is very much about uh, interactions between different cultures, walls, not walls, walls coming down. Uh, a person mm-hmm. moving outside of their wall or into their wall. And we have the structure of an equilateral triangle, the strongest possible triangle being, uh, uh, being uh, weakened by the fact, weakened, sure. by its own hubris. So anyway, so sorry, <laughs> I, I'm sure you guys all know that and I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on it uh, for too long, but that's the, that's the interpretation. Uh, and then if, if for all our numerology course, fans, sorry, yeah. go ahead, Stuart. I was just gonna say, of course, and this was the, the this was the one usage of the 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 DL three the DL three logo. After yeah, the DL three. They, they never they never used it after this point, um, which uh, again a lot has been written about that as well. Uh, whether they felt a little more settled in uh, after this album, and they didn't feel quite as. Uh, I mean, this is a this is a traveler's record. This is someone who's on a journey. Um, and, okay. and so that, so that I think is, is where you start with when you're looking into the record and by that, I mean, listening to the cassette. <laughs> sure. 
So we've talked a lot about uh, we've talked about the cover. I think everybody, uh, I think we're all in agreement that this is a really great cover. Time classic. to go into. Let's get into. Uh, you peel back that classic cover. You take out your cassette tape, pop it into your tape deck, and let's get to the first song. And right off the bat, we got Rock Brigade. Alex, what do you think about Rock Brigade? Well, I can tell you this. I can tell you it rocks. I can tell you that right off the bat. That is not in. Uh, that's not un- in question or under any scrutiny here. <laughs> okay. This song fucking rocks. Uh, but uh, but um, what do you think this song's about, Stuart? This uh, it's, well, let's 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 just let's take these lyrics here. Well, in the middle of the night and the early morning light, you can hear them a million miles away. They'll be banging on their drums, banging on your door, waving their flags telling you the score watch out for the rock brigade oh no it's the rock brigade all right uh so what do you think that is what do you think this rock there's obviously a lot of fear in those words yes it's a a terrifying image they're painting this they're painting this picture of almost like a uh like almost like a horde of orcs or uh like rock men that are coming to uh, destroy your town uh, banging on some kind of drums, I would also assume are made out of rocks or I don't know, like, uh, like hammered tin. You can hear and, them. Uh, you can hear them a million miles away. Now, obviously that's not literally true, but that I think speaks to the kind of fear that we're talking about here that, uh, that, that almost like it feels like you can hear them a million miles away. Cause they're so scary cause they're made of rock and they're huge. And they're, and like you said, they're banging on these big rock drums uh, yeah, they're like some terracotta warriors or golems. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, maybe maybe brought to life by I don't know the the sins of of your uh, of your own kind. Um, but the uh, <laughs> oh no, it's the Rock Brigade. Clearly, we're meant to fear the Rock Brigade. Yeah, yeah. Um, now they uh, now they say in this of these these immigrants, these uh, these rockoid immigrants coming coming to our shores, taking our jobs, potentially our souls. Yes, breaking through our cultural wall, if it were. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so oh. the the second verse of this, uh, so when they hit your town, you'd better get down. You better hide. Uh, I'm telling oh, okay. no lies to you. That's a double meaning that you should also dance when they show up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think know, that's maybe, what they mean here. Like, I don't think they'd be setting up such a terrifying... Uh, premise if they wanted you to dance. I mean, what is dancing going to do for you at that point? Maybe like some kind of dance fight like Capoeira or something like Eddie Gordo. <laughs> Maybe that is the only way <laughs> to defeat men made of rock because you can't just punch men yeah, made yeah. of rock. Yeah, but if you can use their strength against them. If you get them dancing and you get them in a rhythm, maybe there's some kind of... Uh, like uh what is that um what is that some kind no, of reson res- some sonic yeah, resonance or something yeah yeah you can cause some erosion you distract Wait, did them you just from say a sonic do you say sonic is this now a sonic the hedgehog podcast yeah sonic resonance <laughs> this is our podcast <laughs> oh, okay. called sonic resonance <laughs> it's about sonic and tails and uh <laughs> and their relationship how and, it resonates through the ages and how they get down 
and what they do okay. when stra- and what they do when strangers come to town. Uh, okay, I need to change all my notes, but <laughs> I guess we can keep going. Because they live for rock and roll, they'll try to steal your soul. Might even try to steal your sister. Oh, I wouldn't like that at all. No, no, not at all. I would all. like to have some kind of half rock, half human uh, nephew. Now, we were talking about this recently, Stuart, and you brought up that uh, the, the obvious parallel here uh, might even try to steal your sister to, uh, to sort of fears of minorities entering communities and, uh, and, 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 and affecting the population, taking people's jobs, uh, dating quote unquote people's women, you know, like taking your sister. Uh, so that, so there might be a bit of ironic commentary there or what do you think? Do you think there's just fear? Well, I, you know, that's the sort of things that you and I talk about when we're just hanging out. We're talking about heavy issues like, uh, racism, immigration, stuff like that. But I think in this case, we talk about that uh, when yeah, it comes think, up in a Def Leppard song. Yeah, that's what I we feel like. Def Leppard. I feel like Def Leppard has a pretty good finger on uh, an important issue here, an issue that resonates now as much as it did back in 1980 when this album came out. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this fear of kind of like uh, crusty geode-looking uh, rock men that are going to come and take your sister away. That maybe just don't look like you or I, and maybe they dance funny, but you know they're still cool. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear the second chorus. Here we go. You hear that? Yeah, they're leading you away like a, like a Pied Piper of Hamlin situation. They put uh, they put like marching sounds in the chorus there, uh, little sound effects to yep. uh, to the, the, they're marching in rhythm to the song, uh, which is yep. a particularly harrowing moment in the song. Yeah, it's terrifying. And then there, of course there's a there's a third. There's a third verse, but it's basically just a, a just a sort of recap. So in the middle of the night, um, or the early morning light, you hear them coming your way. You better watch your step. Don't step out of line, because here they come one more time. Um, and then there's what a this is such a mission statement. A first song talking about Rockman, yep. scaring the shit out of you when you're listening to him. Like, what else is this album gonna have? What are we going to be listening to? This is insane. Yeah, I mean, am I even well, going to survive this song? Like, probably I heard, not. I heard them right out of my door at the end of the first or the second chorus. Like, what am I, uh, you know, this is, this is tough. But we haven't even gotten to the real moment in this song where everything becomes clear. Oh, the, the, the climax the of the reveal. song. You were talking about this earlier. The reveal, the M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> moment here. Okay, uh, okay. Which is uh, coming up here right around 2.20. All right, guys. Uh, here we go. We're going to find something out. We're going to find out something critical about the Rock Brigade here. You ready, Stuart? Uh, I don't know if I'm ready. Here we go. Grab onto something. Okay. The Rock Brigade. Look out for the Rock Brigade. You better watch for the Rock Brigade. I say watch for the Rock Brigade. Keep your eyes on the Rock Brigade. 
Don't let your eyes off the Rock Brigade. We'll be leading you away. They've been the Rock Brigade the whole time. I don't get it. What's that, Stuart? I don't get it. What's going on? The we, Stuart, we just we just talked about this. It, it, uh, so the Rock Brigade that we've been talking about this whole time, right? Okay. Yeah. Def Leppard is saying at the end of the song, Joe Elliott sings, "We'll be leading you away." So Joe Elliott is saying oh, that Def no. Leppard is the Rock Brigade. Do you get it? Do you get what I'm saying? <sighs> they. Yeah, I get it now. They are the Rock Brigade. It's like in Money for Nothing, where <laughs> you think <laughs> you think that Mark Knopfler and those guys are making fun of somebody, but they're really those guys deep down, right? When they say all those dirt, all those mean words and shit. <laughs> it's exactly like Money for yep. Nothing. <laughs> when the scales fall from my eyes and I realize uh, it's exactly like that commonly held guy, interpretation yeah. of money for nothing <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> okay alright well as Shall I we- said before we, before we move on I just want to point out I just want to remind everybody before you before you think this is the last we've heard of this rock brigade I like to think this is the first part of a uh, of an extended triptych that this album holds. We'll talk about the second part later on in this episode, and then uh, when side B hits, we'll talk about the conclusion. Oh wow! Uh, but I'm going to keep all my spoilers close to my vest, like they say. This is a new. So, this is a new stew. This is what I'll call a new stew theory, because yeah, I haven't heard a this one. New stew theory. I'm dropping it on you tonight. Alex. I have not Be heard prepared. this theory before. <laughs> Okay, so after uh, Rock Brigade, let's let's go right into track number two. We're talking about Hello America. Hello America. Obviously, this is Def Leppard. Hello America. <laughs> obviously, this, <laughs> this is, is obviously Def Leppard. A Def Leppard song. Is what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Are you clapping or just pumping your fists in the air? Ooh, man, that's an exciting intro. Uh, the the um, the vocals there at the be- at the very beginning, I think, reflect what what becomes Def Leppard's later sound. That uh, that like harm uh, like a harmony rich kind of. Uh, like layers and layers of vocals, but then uh, almost like a, like a big chorus, like a, yeah. like a like a like a choir singing singing songs to the heavens. So yeah, some kind of science fiction electro choir singing out to you, "Hello America." Uh, let's let's take let's listen a little bit to the um, to the very beginning <laughs> of the first verse on this because it's got some. Uh, it's obvious it's got some obvious musical influence, I think. Hello America, first verse. Okay. Uh 
So I'm taking you right there, Alex. Whoever says California in real life. All right. Well, that was that was what I was going to ask you. Uh, California. You ever heard that before? You ever heard somebody say California? Isn't that what like uh, the Beverly Hillbillies say? (laughs) (laughs) I think I think I associate it with the Beach Boys. So I think of this song as being like. I think of this song as being like if the Beach Boys started in the late seventies in uh, in England, <laughs> and okay, and there, and there were also uh, Beach Boys back in the sixties that influenced them, that made them want to make this this sound. So sure. I'm taking me a trip. I'm going down to California. I'm gonna try Hollywood and San Pedro Bay. That sounds like a, a blast. That sounds super fun. It does. Until you got to San Pedro Bay and found out that it's like a freight harbor and that if you don't have a shipment coming to you and like a big rig, uh, they're going to kick you out. But Def Leppard Wait, has a big rig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, San Pedro Bay isn't like a beach filled with beautiful ladies? No, unfortunately, or- Stuart, I'm sorry. Uh, San Pedro Bay is, ex- I, I think, as far as I know, just a like... It's it's like the fifth busiest shipping harbor in the in the world. Uh, That's great. So if uh, listeners can, uh, if listeners have any information about this, if they can disagree, if they, if you guys want to disagree with us, please write in and tell us how great San Pedro Bay is, and if we're doing a disservice to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, I think um, one one interpretation you could make. For go- yeah, I'm gonna try Hollywood and San Pedro Bay. Now I understand with the with the fact that we're talking about these uh, the 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 youthful lads of Def Leppard. I understand yep. thinking that when they say they're gonna try San Pedro Bay, that they're gonna go to a beach or something. But I think I think it's possible to interpret this song as they're gonna try to get into the United States through San Pedro Bay. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll do it right after they go to Hollywood. Yeah, they're going to try to just kind of walk up onto the beach in Hollywood, and then they're going to mm-hmm. try San Pedro Bay, maybe getting off a shipping container or something. <laughs> yeah. Now, you mentioned the Beach Boys earlier, and this totally feels like the members of Def Leppard had a crystal ball, and they are like, if we write a song like this, they might put us on full house in the future. <laughs> <laughs> like we'll imagine Uncle Jesse played with us and we'll do this fucking song on an episode of <laughs> of Full House and everybody's going to love it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, so you know that what I mean so they had a crystal ball. They could predict the future and what they decided to We're already to- talking about how they're how they have this like unnatural ability to predict what the concerns of the future are. One yeah, of those concerns that's true. are who's going to be the musical guest on this week of Full House. <laughs> and it's going to be 1980s Def Leppard. It's going to be the it's going to be the Def Leppard that sings Hello America. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> where they have been at that point for I don't know, 13 years or something. Um so Here's here's my uh, the, the there's the this is a divisive song in a lot of ways. Okay. This is a song that uh, that affected their fan base in two different ways. Because on the one hand, you had the British 
uh, feeling about this song. This was the lead single off this uh, off this album when it came out, and British people who had long supported Def Leppard on their rise to the top suddenly hear this song. That Def Leppard had been on tour in the states for a while, and they hear this song "Hello America," and they think, "Well, what about what about us?" Why are you why are you suddenly like pandering? You're singing a song yeah. that sounds like you're my favorite metal band, but you're singing a song that sounds like the Beach Boys, and uh, and I feel and like you're. It, Go ahead. Sorry. And it sounds like they it sounds like they wrote it on the uh, on the the flight over to San Pedro Bay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, or the or the trip on a on a freighter into San Pedro Bay. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 But the uh, the issue I and a lot of Americans have with this song is wh- why did it why is it the second song on the record why why am I not why am I not welcomed before the first Def Leppard song why why do I have to yeah wait why am I hearing about this song? bullshit rock brigade garbage <laughs> yeah it doesn't affect me apparently apparently that's something from the old country that I'm they have scared to worry about. I'm scared of this rock brigade why didn't you make me happy first by saying hello <laughs> maybe. <sighs> Here's a thought. Maybe by saving Hello America for the second song, they're saving America from the Rock Brigade. That's oh, that's possible. The epidemic yeah, of rock people. Yeah, they've arrived on their uh, in their their semi truck with their giant guitar, and they're gonna help everybody out by letting their hair down and letting them boogie all over town. And if you say to them, "Hey, what about this rock brigade?" They'll be like, "Uh, listen, just don't bring it up. Don't don't think about <laughs> it. You don't want to you don't want to call them to mind at all cuz they'll get yeah, it yeah. eventually." Close your eyes, imagine that you're in Frisco or LA. <laughs> yeah, Frisco. They say Frisco. Uh-huh. That's another thing that people never say. <laughs> it's like calling pizza uh, or parents rents. <laughs> California and Frisco. <laughs> Frisco. It's, like, it's yeah. like they are aliens pretending to be humans. People do say Frisco when they're ordering a certain kind of sandwich, though. What kind of sandwich is that? A Frisco melt. How often do you order Frisco? You melts? haven't had a Frisco melt. It's what, one of the like, best. It's one of the best items at Steak and Shake, I think. Oh, okay. It sounded like an Arby's item to me. <laughs> and I'm I'm being classist because I don't go to Arby's. It's pretty expensive. It's not really classist to talk shit about Arby's since it costs like oh, okay. twelve bucks to eat a combo there. A twelve dollar combo? That's insane. <laughs> okay, you know a what else is insane? Twelve dollar combo. Uh, so, is there anything else to say about Hello America? I mean, it's it's an interesting turn because it's very much like almost like an immigrant song. <laughs> Not immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. Yes, but it's kind of like uh, it's it's a song where before we had been scared of outsiders coming in. Now we're talking about the excitement of an outsider going to a new place. Yes, there's that dichotomy. There's that question of whether uh, whether Def Leppard is the uh, pers- is the like majority or the minority moving in, and uh, yep. and 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 we've we've seen both sides of it. Uh, I think that, I think so far they've technically been the invader in both of these songs. Um, <laughs> yeah, they've been the they've yeah, been I, the migrant I, force in both of these songs so far. Yeah, so, you were so talking far. about the big reveal at the end of uh, the first song. So let's uh, let's jump into track number three, Alex. Let's talk about sorrow is a woman. 
go so at this point now it's like super chill yeah like after a big uh, a big explosion at the beginning it, like it's time for them to chill out and play uh, almost like a ballad right yeah well that's a I, I think they wanted they wanted to go for something with a little more dynamic uh shift uh something okay something uh um this this song gets back up there it builds back up to that mm-hmm. heavy, uh, that heavy sound of the very intro, but they're trying to show you. They're trying to show you all the dynamic levels they've got here. So during that during that verse, uh, that first verse at least, that uh, is that that's an acoustic guitar that sounds, uh, or is that an electric guitar that he's playing? The one that's I think it's just sounds... a clean electric. I think it's just a what what they call a clean sound, uh, which means okay. it doesn't have any distortion. Um, okay. Which you re- which you don't hear a lot in heavy metal music, um, unless they're unless they're trying to do something super evocative, which I think they do in this song a little bit later on. It takes you to another place. Um, and the- lyrics wise, I think uh, our our vocalist Joe Elliott here. Uh, I'm assuming he wrote the lyrics. You can correct me. I'm assuming he writes everything. Um, but Joe Elliott. Well, talks, there's a uh, bit of collaboration on the lyrical content of these songs uh okay so it's not all joe elliott so it's t- not who, entirely who joe elliott but i like to think i like to think he gives it you know he gives it the one over you know like he everything everything goes through his pen at some point sure well if you mention a collaboration it almost feels like he collaborated with a- uh ann rice on this one because this totally feels like they're super into vampires <laughs> really <laughs> I have yeah, not, so this is a this is another about, new uh, stew. This is a new theory. Uh, so, sorrow is a woman is about vampires. Well, it's talking about lion eyes and games and super. Uh, t- it seems to be talking about some kind of goth chick who's probably a okay. vampire. A goth chick <laughs> who's probably a vampire. <laughs> yeah, now, you know. What percentage of goth chicks do you think are actually vampires? Probably forty percent. Forty. Yep, and I, I both qualified that with a probably, and then I use a percentage number, which means that I'm just pulling that out of my ass. Sure. Uh, but you're always... Okay, so let's just go over these uh, these vampire lyrics. You're always pretending to be someone who prefers to be free. If we break down yep. that couplet... Total vampire shit, dude. Yeah, if we break down that couplet, it's <sighs> simply just like, here's somebody who walks in and pretends to be a loner, but is really sucking something out of people, maybe? Like a parasite. Yeah, that's what vampires do, dude. Uh, you think you can fool me with your lion eyes? Now that's obviously I, I'm I'm magic. with you. They got I'm, magic eyes. I'm with you on the vampire thing here. Uh, but what is this game that you play when all that you're trying to say is that you're lonely in need of a friend? Um, yeah, dude, that makes perfect sense. He's like being, a Renfield. He's being weirdly empathetic for a vampire at that point, though, because it. it because if he's criticizing them for... Be- Do you think Joe Elliott knows this person's a vampire? Yeah, probably. Why not? Joe, uh, I mean, we, as we've seen, Joe Elliott's pretty good at understanding, like, the emotions and the concerns of people. Uh, in this case, like, he's pretty good at 
if you if you were to say that this mo this song isn't strictly about vampires, which uh, I'm totally not. I'm saying it's all about vampires. If you're saying it's just simply a love song, then he's doing a really good job of pretending to be just a regular dude who had his heart broken by a woman, which is impossible. Yeah, well, yeah, we, uh, we've talked about that before. That's a uh, yeah. I mean, this is I've I've always thought that that he that he did something where he you know he he like paid some nerd to sit down and just describe to him what it was like to have a complicated or heartbreaking relationship with a woman. But, so uh, not even like a Cyrano de Bergerac sort of thing, where instead he's just paying for a, an, a well-spoken nerd to help him learn how to be how to be like a common man? Yeah. Well, for, for his art, you know, to, to understand the heart of the regular person. But I like this. Yeah, I guess like the complete human experience. Yeah, like Data on Next Generation. <laughs> sure. Like Data on the Next Generation. <laughs> he wants to learn to sing a song about vampires. Yeah. I get it. He wants to know what it is to laugh because he's never mm -hmm. known humor because he's so impossibly cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. But I like the to vampire angle on this. I like it a lot. Uh, so Okay, so far it's holding up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it totally is because so, I so totally buy... Let's jump past the let's jump past the the chorus because the chorus is all about a sorrow woman. Well, can we hear that it for a second? Because like I just want to hear how, how I just want to hear how hard it fucking rocks. You know, let's let's bang that out. All right, you know what? Your shit is confirmed here, Stuart. Cause yeah, it's tight. If only you could see you as I do. She can't see herself in a mirror, dude. Yep, she's never true. seen herself in a mirror ever. Mm -hmm. If only you could see you as I do. And I also totally buy that Joe Elliott is cool enough to befriend a vampire without fear. I I buy that entirely. Yeah, yeah. What do you have to say about the second verse? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, well, it's something about hiding feelings and suffering pain. That's totally vampire shit, dude. That's basic Bram Stoker garbage. Uh, talking about lonely ladies trying so hard to get through. Man, that's all super simple. Yeah. This is basically like a Cure song, but with rocking guitars. Because <laughs> the Cure wrote a lot of vampire songs, right? Yeah. Uh, most, I would say about 40% of the Cure songs are about vampires. Probably. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, so we've, we've listened to this song, we've talked about it, and my point about it being a vampire song stands. Yeah. Are you ready to move on? Are you ready to move on to It Could I Be wanna, You? I want to hear the, uh, uh I want to hear the part of this song that I think is the most musically interesting. Which, okay. again, we're taking a trip on this album. A journey. A journey. And uh, let's see. I want to... Let's see. Let's find the... So where... Let's, let's talk about where we're going here. Let's talk about w how we feel when we hear this. Mm -hmm. 
So that's got like a little Spanish vibe to it. It's got a little, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's like an old little, it's old Europe. It's kind of, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm in a, like I'm in a convertible driving around a coastal highway toward Barcelona. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what it feels like. With And you're driving with a woman who's in a flowing white dress with nothing on underneath. And a lot of sunblock. Yeah. Well, unless she's a vampire, it might be nighttime. Oh, <laughs> might yeah, be nighttime. Right. I just said. <laughs> it might be night. Time. Might be night time. <laughs> uh, uh, should we hear? Um, should we hear the culminating chorus of this, or should we just move on to the next song? I say we move on to the next song. I That's think a great my idea. Point, unless, unless you want to refute my point, I don't think you can. But <laughs> you're correct. That is by far the most thorough and comprehensive interpretation of that song that I've ever Sarah heard. Sorrow is a woman, sure. And I went so, to college. Uh, so, moving on to track number four, we're going right into It Could Be You. It could be you! there is the howl of the young joe elliott uh-huh is there a more uh soulful sound in nature maybe like a like a like a baby giggling <laughs> uh maybe the uh maybe the mother bear upon seeing uh her her cubs killed howls okay. in a way yep. that compares to this I but i don't know i was gonna go with like a like a lone wolf without a pack howling for its, that's, its I, friends that's i think that's that could be it but 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 let's hear this one more time the the, the joe elliott the howl of the youthful joe elliott at the beginning of it could be you There's so much there. It's not even just sadness. It's like uh, it's like a ton of different things. It's uh, it's it's sexuality. It's confidence. Sure. There's a there's a bit of tragedy there. I don't know where it comes from, uh, but it, there's just something that's powerful. That's something that you don't hear unless you're like listening to, you know, whales in the ocean or something. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. The uh, it does sound like Joe Elliott is uh, is mimicking some kind of creature that you would normally encounter only in nature, in yeah. like the deepest in the deepest groves of forest primeval. Uh, and it's a perfect lead into uh, this just classic party jam. You know, like this is all about partying, dude. This is a song about partying. This is absolutely just a song about partying. It's also kind of a, a song about being frightened a little bit. I get the sense that this band playing this party song might be in a uh, might be in an auditorium that could be uh, could be a little empty, maybe a little too big for them. As you'll see with the chorus, uh, they have this they do this echo effect on uh, each line of the chorus to make you wonder: Are they just in a big empty room? Are they in like a treasure vault that's devoid of treasure and they're left standing there holding nothing? <laughs> Who knows? 
Let's go to that chorus and let's hear what Stuart is talking about. It couldn't be anyone. It could be you or me, but come on. <laughs> anyone, Dev Leppard? Hey, I don't know Chill if it could be beans. anyone. Uh, okay, I, that's an interesting interpretation of this song, that they're, that they're alone in a vault without any, any money in it or treasure. There might, be, there might be one or two people in there, because it could be you or me. Sure. It could be anyone. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like it very much is like the the fears of a new band that like the difference between the performer and the audience is not that great, and that uh, you know like he he mentions that can you feel the can you feel the nearness of my hand like we're not so different you and I me a rock man sent from another world you a vampire in the audience about to touch me who knows. Well, I've I've always take I've always interpreted this song to be actually I mean it on the surface of it the the language being used here it is clearly about a rock band that's like on a stage in front of a bunch of people but I take the it could be you it could be me it could be anyone actually as more of a uh, of an acknowledgement of mortality uh, okay. and tragedy uh, it could be m- the next person to die could be me could be you could be anyone and yeah. uh, it. it and and this this ties into the greater interpretation of the record, uh, in the sense that when um, when you're allowing a, a group to come to your town, you there's a bit of dehumanization there. Uh, oh, okay. They're they're this they're the new guys, so you don't really empathize with them. It's like the, the okay. they might as well be the Rock Brigade. They might be the Rock Brigade. But. Oh, wow. uh, but it could be you, it could be me, it could be anyone is a very inclusive statement. It's saying, hey, we're all in this together. That's how, that's how I take this song. Yeah, I can see that, although I totally disagree. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I mean, it, uh, no, you know I think Stuart's we're saying like the yourself. same thing here, Alex. Whoa. Uh, I'm not the Rock Brigade. Don't talk like that to me. Uh yeah, I think it's I think it's all about I think maybe uh, you're just afraid to admit that one day you're gonna die, Stuart. I think that's what's happening here. Yep. Although I talked to Tony Todd earlier today and he said that I've avoided I've cheated death for too long and to be wary of any Rube Goldberg esque death uh situations. Well yeah, that's why you shouldn't be uh dismissing my interpretation of this song. Sure. And I also shouldn't be saying Candyman three times in the mirror. <laughs> Uh, that's two different, wait, that's two different Tony Todd movies that you just tied together, right? You just said two different Tony Todd and tied all in one sentences. <laughs> oh man. Uh, do you got a, you got another uh, clip from this sweet song for us? Well, uh, let's, let's see. We heard the chorus. Let's hear the solo. Why not rock out to the solo of this, this jam? Why not? Is this is this one of the songs? Uh, I, I know you're I, I know you're sweets, but I love this whole record. Uh, maybe with a bit of a maybe I lean a little more towards the front of it, side A, than you do. But you've talked yeah. about uh, 
liking liking the later stuff a little more. What do you, what do you think about it? Could be you. Do you do you find this to be a throwaway, or is this essential lip? Uh, for for me, this is a little bit of a throwaway. It feels a little bit like Hello America in that it uh, it just seems like it was kind of banged out and wasn't totally uh, wasn't totally thought about for me. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, let's hear the solo. Let's hear if this solo just sounds a little banged out. Like maybe, maybe they could have tried you, a little maybe harder if for you Stu. Maybe my mind with the solo. I like it. Pretty tight. That was a that was a pretty spectacular solo. I you know I, I don't know that I would just I don't know that I would call that just you've, banged out. You've completely changed my mind. Okay. All right. Good. This is now well, essential lap. That was my that was my goal. All right. That is an essential mission lap a- track. Mission accomplished. So it could be you. Uh, I guess we've now determined is essential lap. Let's move on to track number five. We're going all the way into outer space for this one with the hit song. Satellite. Satellite. <laughs> they loved Space hearing this sounds. on the radio. They loved hearing that sound effect on the radio at the beginning of it. I love the way it speeds up a little bit right there. <laughs> All right. So, midnight bright light shining from the sky, circulating around the earth, trying to catch your eye. Low down, showdown, trying to break away, stay on course, feel the force. Careful what you say. Well, that's uh, that's a bunch of sci-fi stuff, dude. You love that <laughs> shit, right? Yeah. You're way into sci-fi stuff, like feel the force? Yeah, yeah, you know me. You know me, I'm I'm way into Star, Star Trek and Star- Wars. Star Star Wars magic. Yep. And careful, careful what you say. That's totally electric eye shit too, dude. That's the that's normal fear of uh, being spied on by some kind of a like a like a government satellite. Yeah, that's a uh, that that I I think of. Uh, I I always imagine Joe Elliott standing out in the backyard with a with a lady with a babe, and sure. and just sort of just pointing one? out and and just being hey you know what careful what you say darling because there's satellites up there above us uh what do you think this song's about Stuart? uh well i think it's a little bait and switch at first you're like whoa wait a minute is this a song about realistic satellites flying around and taking our information or is it really about the uh is it really a description of the human baiting ritual really wow the idea of like satellites kind of revolving around each other and can you feel if it's real taking a chance being hypnotized maybe the satellite gets too close and burns up who knows man yet again Def Leppard hides some love themes into their uh, their their sci-fi stuff uh, angles and whatnot wow that's very that's very 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 perceptive it's pretty there, deep, I know I'll admit that's a uh, that's that's downright poetical. Let's let's hear that chorus in question. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. 
Okay, me and you, rendezvous. We've got to take the chance. I'm paralyzed. I'm hypnotized. I'm in some kind of trance. Hazy, crazy. This thing's lost control. It's got the power. It's got the strength. He says strength. To steal away your soul. Uh, it's all about soul stealing on this shit, dude. Uh, he's really he's really amping it up there. Uh, and mm-hmm. and I... I have I have to say I like I like what you're talking about with as far as this being a uh, a romantic song. And what I what I imagine is happening here is that Joe Elliott has built a makeshift satellite in his backyard to impress <laughs> okay. this woman, right? Mhm. Uh and he brings her into it. And he says, and, and he tells her that they're shooting off into space. And he goes, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Can't you feel that it's real? Can't you feel it? He gets her to feel it. But it's just the sexual energy that she's feeling, right? Okay, she's uh, not feeling the actual satellite he's built. No, because the satellite is fake. He's not, Joe Elliott's not actually uh, qualified to build a satellite and launch it into space. So I think it's just like. I thought he, I thought he went to school for that. No. No, he didn't. You should probably <laughs> you should probably know the background of the band uh, if we're gonna if, if we're gonna try to climb the charts at all as a Def Leppard uh, podcast. I think I think I maybe know you all should. I about it, dude. Def Leppard pour some sugar on me. Come on. <laughs> I feel like you should at least read the Wikipedia, Wikipedia page. But anyway, so he's got like some kind of big Rubbermaid container or something, and he's gotten this woman to climb into it, and he's telling her that they're shooting off into space and he's like it's burning up the sky can't you feel it can't you feel it oh yeah it's real we're in danger and he's using that danger to get her all worked up and then they're gonna make out and stuff right that's what that's what i think this song is about getting to first or second base yeah probably getting to like yeah right around second with uh by okay you're probably you'd probably be like oh we're we gotta we gotta re-enter the atmosphere oh it's burning up can you feel that heat i'm gonna need to go to second base that's probably what's happening well he doesn't say that i mean but it's implied i guess (laughs) we're in danger (laughs) i'm gonna need to go to second base i think that he said that (laughs) yeah it's a weird lyric but i think it works in the song uh, low we down, got, uh, showdown, we got, uh, we trying to shit. break away. He does say that, so maybe she's not into it. Stay on course, feel the force. Careful what you say. Man, he's all about the force in this song. Can we um? Can we listen to the really really awesome uh like stratospheric space solo that happens at uh, at two fifty in this fucking joint? Oh, the moment where uh, he and the girl he's wooing la- are launched into space, outer space. Here we go. That's that's pretty arousing. Yeah, I think that was. That's got a real. That's got a real combination of uh, of 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 sexual energy mixed with uh, the confusion of being in a dangerous situation. That's it. That's incredible. Do you have anything else to say about satellite? 
No, I think at this, at this point it's time for us to come down to earth with track number six. Come all the when way the down to earth. Come, come tumbling down. Came. Came. Not the wall. Wait. Okay, when the walls, when the walls came walls tumbling down. Came a tumbling down. Here we go. Yep, past tense. Past tense. <laughs> On the first day of the first month, in some distant year, the whole sky froze gold. Some said it was the aftermath of the radium bomb. On others told Uh, so that sounds like uh, so. I mean, that sounds like an intro that, to a Vincent point, Price you, movie or something. Yeah, you know you're in for something good when you start hearing uh, like what sounds like a sample from When the Wind Blows or something. Right, right. They, uh, yeah. What? <laughs> also, there's something about stuff like this where okay, first I think it's hilarious that he says on the first day of the first month in some distant year. Like, he's got to be super specific about the days, but not the year. There's that combination of yeah. vagueness and, and specificity. But then the, uh, <laughs> when pe- whenever people get apocalyptic, it's always about, uh, it, it, there's all this, like, hearsay and, like, wanting to get a third person. Like, some said it was the aftermath, while others told of a final retribution. And then... <laughs> And then when Joe Elliott comes in, he says, but we understand. The first word of the song is, but, but we understood the grand finale. There's this like, what is it about language like that? Where, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's, it's almost like adapting, uh, adopting like a fantasy dialect or a sci-fi dialect. Like it's, it's good. It's preparing the audience for what they're about to listen to. Which what they're about to listen to is the second part of the triptych that I mentioned earlier. Uh Uh-oh. One of the things that I love about this song is how it begins with this great, uh, like, nested storytelling structure where you're almost imagining this, like, family huddled around a fire in a post-apocalyptic hellscape talking about what led them to this point. And Joe Elliott takes us all the way back to when all the women were captured and chained. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And a national suicide was proclaimed. Uh, which I don't is, even know what that means, but it sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, it sounds horrifying, and it, it, that's the only line that references suicide. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know if that's like... Um, he says, all the women were captured and chained, and national suicide was proclaimed, and new America fell to the ground, which we've talked about this. That's messed up, that we were just welcomed like five songs ago. And now they're now they're ready to just destroy us. Sick of it. Sick of it. They have created yeah, get, and get destroyed here, us. America. America has been created and destroyed in side A of Def Leppard's On Through the Night. Yeah. But what national suicide statement? is it's unclear what that means. Like uh, if if it's the nation, the like the actual uh, organization committing suicide or if it's everybody has to like drink the Kool-Aid or whatever. Yeah. Or like maybe everybody goes crazy after listening to some kind of strange Def Leppard based broadcast and they all jump off buildings or something. 
Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe they all realized that. Maybe everybody realized that Joe Elliott just flew into outer space with the woman he loved in satellite, and now it's time. Like, there's no chance that you'll ever be with him. Might as well commit suicide. Like when Jackie Chan be, had a love interest in that movie, <laughs> and all those women killed themselves. Well, the world is going to be very disappointed when he steps out of that Rubbermaid container with that woman having gotten to second base, and everybody's like, we thought you went into space. The mm-hmm. entire infrastructure of the world just fell a- apart. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. So we're giving all that. these. Yeah. You know, why not? I'll give you this one, Alex. <laughs> so we go, we go slamming through this verse. We hear the, these descriptions of an apocalypse only to go right into a chorus that involves uh, the same line being said over and over. When the walls came tumbling down. Well, you uh, you kind of glossed over, I think, one thing that's essential to interpretation of this song, which is the, uh, we said, all the women were captured and changed, uh, chained, a national suicide was proclaimed, new America fell to the ground, children lay crippled and lame, but all the nations came together in fear of the thought of the end. Uh, no more would we fight in the streets. No courage had we to defend, which is a confusing line because he's talking about... You'd think at that point the song means everybody's coming together because there's no longer any nationalism, any interests in, the, uh, in preserving what little we have at that point. We have to all come together because we're all desperate. And then the chorus is when the walls came tumbling down. When the walls came tumbling down. Should we hear it? Do you have something else you want to say about it? No, I want to hear that shit. Let's do it. Uh, I got to flash all the way forward to 151 on this one because this is an epic track. So this song, again, speaks to the kind of uh, ambiguity with which Def Leppard treats this theme of the other because, and, and walls coming down. Because they're talking about the walls tumbling down, but usually that's a metaphor for good things. Usually that's a metaphor for breaking down boundaries and people coming together. But everybody's mm-hmm. running and screaming at the sound of these walls coming down. These precious walls that protect us, yeah. Yes. Uh, so we again, we do not know. Is Def Leppard the? Is Def Leppard the three? Are they the strong equilateral triangle, or are they the two that's propping up the Def Leppard that's causing the uh, equilateral yeah, triangle yeah, to yeah, fall yeah, that's apart? That's a good question. And uh, yeah, those are the three versus the two, the majority versus the minority that's coming in. Yeah. That's that's always the question. And like any great artist, they don't, really, they don't clearly answer it. I was just going to say the, uh, the second verse bangs into some descriptions of uh, further descriptions of society, societal unrest, apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And it, it reaches a climax mentioning that a sinner is sitting reciting Dylan. It's now that I welcome the end. Is that a burn on Bob Dylan? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so that's what's so weird about this song. He says a sinner sits reciting Dylan. It's now that I welcome the end. 
If that was a Dylan lyric, it's like fuck it, I guess I'll die now. If if it's if quote unquote it's now that I welcome the end. Let actually let me hear this. Let me because we we should we should really drive this home how badly they're dissing Bob Dylan here. This is important, I think. Um, so here we go. Tidal waves and open graves. The fate of the unhuman race. Dylan, it's now that I welcome the end. A sinner sits reciting Dylan, it's now that I welcome the end. That's not a Dylan lyric. If quote unquote, it's now that I welcome the end was a Dylan lyric, that line would be just, that's what the sinner is saying. But that's Dylan never said that. So it's just a guy walking past someone singing Bob Dylan and saying, okay, well, if that's how we're going to be about it, I guess I'm ready to die. Fuck it. Come on, walls, tumble down. <laughs> yeah. Can, uh, let me go stand over by this wall so it'll tumble down onto me because this guy's singing Dylan over here. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's doing the harmonica yeah. part. Maybe that's why it's. A- <laughs> yeah. That's the worst. So we get a lot of this, uh, this burns right into the chorus. We get a lot of that chorus. However, this time, at the very end, we get a little switcheroony, a classic Def Leppard, end of the song, change him up. After it had, before this, they kept saying, everybody ran as they screamed at the sound. Right. So they're running from those walls, tumbling. And at the very end, should after I play, the walls should I play what it is? down. Should I play it? I, I just to pause it real quick that there's a little voice in the background that's going down down and I cannot uh, I cannot listen to that without thinking of the rock brigade the marching rock brigade because it has a marching <laughs> quality so I imagine them walking towards the walls breaking the walls down so here we go we'll continue on Man. So that was great. So they were all screaming and then wait, whoopsie, nobody made a sound. They didn't scream at all. Well, it's the it's the removal of uh of self there. That's what it is. It's like if a tree falls in the woods with no one around to hear it. Oh, I get it. Everybody's dead. So exactly. So everybody's running and they're screaming, but if everybody dies at the same moment, that scream is not heard. Oh, okay. And that so that's I guess that makes sense. So, so that's a that's a pretty terrifying morbid thought really is that if you die at the same time as everyone else no one will hear your scream. Sure. So that's kind yeah, of a nor- rough way to end side A of uh of Def Leppard's on through the night. Yeah, and I mean it, they literally give you what like what is that the sound of an explosion or like a wall falling down? I believe it's a wall falling down. Yeah, that would make sense. And so that's that's the uh, as we end side A, we end with the second part of this triptych of on through the night. We begin with a rock brigade marching toward your town. Yep. And then with walls come tumbling down, the, that rock brigade's arrived, and your world is totally destroyed. 
we'll see how it goes uh, inside B when we talk about that a little bit later um, on a future episode. So, Alex, I want to get right into this. So this is this is the first side of Def Leppard's first album. Yep. Do you think that they get the order right? If you were if you were Def Leppard and you were going to put together this side A, is that the, is uh, is Rock Brigade the best first song? Would you rather Hello America be the first one or maybe something off of side B? Not to spoil things too much. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I tell you what, I'm gonna leave side B out of it just uh, for the sake of. Um, uh, just to not complicate my brain too much right now. I'm going to leave side okay. B out of it. I'm just going to try to consider the order. Uh, now, as an American, I'm as I've said before, I'm inclined to want Hello America to be track one. Uh, yeah, that but, makes sense. But that brings Rock Brigade into America, um, which is... I don't know if I... I mean, my parents would be really pissed off if that, if that was my if fault. If the Rock Brigade showed up, yeah. Uh... Let's see. Rock Brigade, Hello America, Sorrow is a Woman, It Could Be You, Satellite When the Walls Came Tumbling Down. Well, let me say, let me, the process of elimination, definitely walls come tumbling down at the end of side A. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. Satellite, I think, is pretty good where it is. The only thing I might change about this would be to put It Could Be You before Sorrow is a Woman, just because I like the idea of starting out with three upbeat tracks before you get to uh, one that where the you know where it kind of drops out once the verse starts. Okay, well, to to go on a little further, if you had to be a real jerk and pick one of these songs to cut from that first uh, first oh, side, ma- Stuart, you, you promised me which one would you cut? Stuart, you promised me you weren't going to do this to me. You, you promised are, me. You are King Solomon possibly chopping a baby. Ah! This is terrible. If you had to cut one, if you had to put one on a B-side or like the B-side of a single you release later, which one would you do it to? If I had to cut a song from side A of On Through the Night, uh, you know what? I mean, I'm going to have to apologize to almost everyone I know tomorrow, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorrow is a Woman would be the one that I would cut. Ah, uh, okay. Honestly. I, I mean, it, it. it's a shame, but it's true. Would you cut It Could Be You? Is that what you would cut? Uh, that's a tough call. It's it, it, It'd be a toss-up between Hello America and It Could Be You. One of those two... One of those, I'd have to flip a coin, and depending on whether it landed on the head or the tail of the leopard, I would learn. I would have to kill one of those. We're gonna get some letters. We are going to get some letters about you wanting to cut "Hello America." Oh my God, man! Angry letters. Come on. That's the thing. I take my job as a Def Leppard fan very seriously, so I'll read those letters and then I'll throw them away and not read them on air because I don't give a (laughs) shit. All right. So, man. The, so, so at this point, listeners, you should be popping out that side A in your tape deck and getting ready to pop it into side B. Uh, we're going to be covering that on our next episode. Yep. Uh, if you like what you're here and you want to spend some more time with old Stewart, you should go check out uh, my other podcast, The Flop House, where I talk about bad movies with some other folks. It's a wonderful podcast. It's uh, probably oh, well, my favorite much. podcast on the internet. Aww. And you, Alex, what are you up to? Uh, well, I'm in a band called Lydia Burrell. 
uh, and we have songs that you can hear uh, all over the place, uh, anywhere uh, online that you can listen to music. Just look up Lydia Burrell, like a woman's name with two R's and two L's there at the end. Um, and then I also do videos on YouTube under the name of Howl Dottie. Uh, and then I, I, I tweet at, at Lydia Burrell as well. Doing um, them tweets. Yeah, yeah get in them tweets, dude. Um, I think that's, I think that's about my, my oeuvre at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really uh, counting on this guys. to really, uh, I'm, I'm counting on this podcast to really like, you know, put my, put my stock up a little bit cause the rest of it, you know, uh, so, so definitely listen to this podcast cause this yeah, is, rewind it. listen to it again. This is going to be a big one for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for checking us out and, uh, we'll Thank see you, guys. you next time on till, till death. death. Do us us party. party. It could be you. Thank you. Thank you.